abandoned corporate America to embark on a whole new venture in horror podcasting. Please join your host and his sister for today's episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. That's funny, I'm not an IPA fan either. But yet you see that everywhere. That's all you see. All I see is a bunch of hipster douchebags with no taste. <laughs> sucking upon the teeth of sad microbreweries that peddle themselves. Probably made in somebody's basement with urine and fucking tea leaves. You know, somebody <laughs> told me about that. Somebody, I just learned this. We had some colleagues in from England, and it's just like they were saying they can't drink beer from a brewery. I'm like, why not? They're like, all I can think about is somebody like, you know, making the beer in their bathtub. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're not far And off. they're like, yeah, that's how these things offer. I'm like, I'm like, anyway, this is not the beer channel. You have, in fact, reached Not Your Average Horror Show. Another exciting week. Adrian is still on strike. So we have with us again, Mr. Chris here, New York City's finest, two-time host now onto his third. So it's very exciting. He's auditioning clearly for some kind of, you know, role here. How's it going today, Chris? How you feeling with that weed beer <laughs> we were just talking about? Feeling feeling great. Uh, drinking IPAs and the L.I. Oh, something that, that rhymes with it. No, it tastes awful, actually. <laughs> I usually, I've been pounding whiskey all night, but uh, I don't feel like traversing up these stairs to grab a, another drink, so. Yeah. I stuck with the beer fridge down here and drank yeah. whatever was left over from the last party. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible choice. Real quick. Yo, Adrian. Yeah, there we go. Also, all right. before we even begin, shout out. I forgot to do this the last time. The shout out to the Ramones uh, for writing one of the best punk rock songs about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre called Chainsaw. Go listen to it. Come back after you're done. Enjoy the podcast. Continue. There you go. And speaking of that, we are doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. This is part two. Part two definitely might look like one of these things is not like the other, you know, clearly that had its own feel. It was in its own little world there. I remember like seeing the promo for this and it was funny because I remember they said something like it was just a black screen and it says something like after 10 years of silence, the buzz is back. And that was like probably the coolest thing about this movie. I mean, (laughs) the movie is cool in some ways, but not in the ways that the first one was you know this is clearly something different it was comedy i'm sure a lot of fans of the original wouldn't even count this as part of the series let's face it if you were a fan of the original maybe you grew up with that in the 70s or you're just like a real horror enthusiast as they were so so dominant there in the 80s you know you admired that and this came out you're probably yeah yeah let's go and see it and then you got something completely unexpected much like the producers of this movie got when they wrote the director, Toby Hooper, a check for it, pretty much to <laughs> not wrote a check, but gave him carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. So, um, yeah, it was, I think it was a surprise to a lot of people. But, you know, as you and I were sitting here talking before we even started recording here, you know, it's just like you can't improve on the original and you can't really follow it up with anything that's kind of like, you know, be anywhere near as... um as good or well done as that one is in its in its form you know like i was saying it's like steven spielberg wouldn't have done a jaws 2 hitchcock wouldn't have done a psycho 2 and so on even like the the lower tier modern day ones like nightmare on elm street Wes craven would not have come back and done a second one he came back later on to kind of like fix the shit (laughs) you know what i mean as it got out of control but you know that's his general idea of it so 
what he did do is he agreed to come back, but, you know, understanding. It's just like, what's the point of trying to improve on the original? Let's just go a different direction. And we'll make something um, offbeat, very humorous, dark humor. I mean, if, if this doesn't say dark humor, then what does? I mean, you get a sense of that, I think, right from the opening scene, where it's just like, it goes on. Do you remember how, like, when the movie first starts, it's got this, like, really long script? You know how the first one did the same thing narrated by John Larroquette. And it's just like, you know, there's four youths like that got hitchhiking and it was just like quick and to the point. This one just like went long and on and on and on. It's just like the FBI, the local Texas authorities, the Texas Rangers, the D, like everybody went searching for people. And it's just like on and on and on. And then finally, like they get around to showing the movie. If I remember correctly, I guess it opens during, I don't know. It was like those two dumbass kids in the car, not college. I think they were high school kids, right? Not even college. Yeah. The so. ones wearing those goofy sunglasses and the others just like, you know, wearing like the preppy shirt and they're driving the BMW and they're they're literally shooting signs on the mm-hmm. side of the road. What was the thing they kept talking? There was some big like the OU weekend. I think it was probably supposed to represent some kind of school, but like a fictional mm-hmm. college like or homecoming. Yes. Yeah, it's something going on, just drawing all kinds of people to town. And that's kind of like the premise they were setting for this. So these kids, I don't know, they were part of that somehow. And then they call up the local radio station about that. And just like, you know, they're celebrating and stuff. And then they're just going on. They're messing around with the DJ. And she's telling them to hang up. They won't. And then finally, like, they get to the point where you meet the first adversaries of the movie on the road in that pickup truck. And they're playing that game of chicken. They, they actually <laughs> force the truck off the road, driven by none other than, what's his name? Leatherface. Was he, will he be driving or Chop Top? I don't know. Gotta be one of them. Yeah. Probably not love the face because he's you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. He's also got that body to hold on to, which confirmed. We recently found out was like that weird hitchhiker in the first one who had the um, scar on his face, the long greasy hair that got yeah. a cool green T-shirt and uh, the knife, which he cut his own hand with and took a picture. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't take a picture of that. He took a picture of like one of the kids. Yeah, he put the blood on the picture and then set that's it on right, fire. and then he tried to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> He, oh, yeah, he wanted right. them to give him like a dollar yeah. for it. <laughs> oh, it only took me 26 years to figure that out, right? <laughs> How could you refuse something like that? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the information you find out about these movies after the fact. So he makes it into this movie, the character does as a corpse. That was, if you didn't know, we only found this out ourselves. And, you know, we are big fans of the movie. But yeah, apparently that corpse that you see Leatherface holding onto as a body shield. While they're on the bridge, driving backwards at like 80 miles an hour with this BMW with the two college brat kids, that they're they're taunting them and messing around with them, holding up the corpse, shaking the chainsaw around, and like eventually sawing the top of their car and the top of their heads off. <laughs> well, one of them. <laughs> one of them, go, yeah. You never actually saw a dipshit with the glasses die. That's a problem. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I kept, I was wondering too, like, he shot at him once. Which kind of like knocked the the corpse away. Like he shot him, him in the head on the corpse. Yeah. He's he's shooting round after round after round, but he only shoots Leatherface once. It's just like, hey, you've still got a gun. You've still got, but like, why stop there? Uh, must have been from California. Must be. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any other explanation. <laughs> but yeah, so those guys like both presumably are dead. Like you do see the top of the guy's head cut off, which um, I believe is the handiwork of Mister Tom Savini, which might. Maybe just maybe it been mentioned once or twice in this podcast before. I didn't realize like until just like seeing it again. I mean, I've seen this movie so many times. Like first time I watched it was in college. But uh, 
while they're being like taunted by these guys the whole thing's being recorded because they're messing around with that dj and their car phone which by the way a car phone in 1986 good for them you had to have like money man baller money to have one of those right (laughs) but um so yeah yeah they never hung up the dj she couldn't hang up with them for some reason so the whole thing gets recorded over you know the air so the whole death basically is recorded um and then after that scene, the next thing you see is the Dennis Hopper character, Lefty. Which, um, yeah, I like Dennis Hopper, and I think he's a great actor, but I don't know. It just didn't, something about this role in this movie, I mean, he had some great scenes, definitely. But something about it seemed a little bit disconnected from everything else. I mean, we find out he's the brother, right, of one of the guys that was killed. Not the uncle. Sally and oh, the uncle, yeah, 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 okay, right, right. So he's the uncle, and he just kind of like comes in out of nowhere. He's like on the side of the road investigating that accident, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you see the local law enforcement kind of at odds with him. It's just like he's there, just kind of on his own. He's from some different part of Texas, but he suspects that the people who killed his nephew are in that area and this accident here is probably like a result of that the um the local law enforcement they're on the scene and they're just kind of like you know saying hey you don't belong here you know we know you why you're here and that's was some kind of information dump for us to understand like what he's doing in the movie anyway but that's really all you get from it you know it's just like from that point on it just shows him kind of like descending into some kind of madness himself mm-hmm. i mean with buying you know you later see him like at a chainsaw shop buying chainsaws <laughs> to so go after ridiculous. that <laughs> it gets so ridiculous 1986 in a nutshell yeah yeah you but got um master of puppets you got fucking slayers rain and blood and you get the texas chainsaw massacre too hey <laughs> yeah yeah a couple masterpieces and a masterpiece <laughs> of shit <laughs> i don't know it's got its charm, though, right down to the movie poster. And I recognize this a long time ago, but like the Breakfast Club scene, like lining that back and forth. Like, it's funny they could even get away with that because I think movies have tried doing something like that, that before and like somebody chased them down because of like some infringement on. Well, let me tell you something. You know what I found out recently? So I and I don't know how true this is. It's the fucking Internet, right? Like everybody likes to make their own fucking facts up. Yeah. But... I did see there's something about infringement. Like if, if you change it like 10% of the original image, okay, it takes it away. Uh, actually, so speaking of 1986, so one of my favorite bands out there, especially punk rock, is a New York hardcore band called Sick of It All from the Lower East Side of New York City. I remember. Yeah. One of the pioneers of New York hardcore, right? And they're suing um, Mob Deep, the rapper Mob Deep, because Mob Deep use their dragon logo on like a supreme like the clothing line supreme they use them excuse me burp um <laughs> we can edit that later no nah, don't worry about it leave the burps in there burp around motherfucker uh burp around find out uh but they're suing them right now but like people are like oh well you know fucking mob deep's dragon is like 16 percent fatter than sick of it all's dragon and oh, all this yeah. bullshit and uh, first of all, fuck Mob Deep for stealing their shit. I don't give a fuck <laughs> how this turns out, but sick of it all for life. But uh, they were saying basically, like, if you alter it like 10% or whatever it comes to be of the original image, 
it takes away their licensing rights. Okay. I don't know how true that is, but uh-huh. that's what I saw in that old fucking caper. Oh, okay. Who fucking knows? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I've heard things like that before. You know, if you distort an image so much, like you can get away with it. Yeah. Or, you know, another loophole is like you can say it was like an homage yeah, that original it's tribute. Like, well, no, it's like no, it's like yeah, we know we crafted it after those guys, but this is done. It's not done to rip them off. We're paying tribute to them. So how can you come after us? Let's not let's not forget the Queen Vanilla Ice fiasco. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember like seeing him like one time trying to defend that. He's like, you know, the original is dun 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 dun. But I was just dun 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 dun. dun. He like adds an extra beat in there. Yeah, I mean that's a whole other thing to like the sampling, like the the rap, hip hop songs. I guess they can take all those classic, you know, beats from the seventies or eighties, whenever it was, and they can just like just include part of it, as long as it's like not more than like two seconds on a loop. Then they can get away with like ripping them off. That's why I didn't put the uh, Ramones song on in the intro of this. Oh yeah. Otherwise, I would just put it in. Who knows? I don't want you get sued, Ben. For the 14 cents you might have generated all this. <laughs> hey, listen. Any publicity is good publicity, I guess. Maybe you pay a couple legal bills, but it gets you like a lot of attention. A lot Hell to yeah. be said for that. So uh, Dennis Hopper in this movie, yeah, I mean, it's he's great. But the, the one scene I love, though, with him, though, is getting back to that chainsaw shop. It's just like, <laughs> why are you going to choose like two little chainsaws and a holster and then like one gigantic one? It's just like, wouldn't the gun be easier? Listen, he had a gun. Ben? First of all, you damn well know it's not the size that counts. Second of all, it's I all know what. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> it's all about the fucking utilitarianism, right? You fucking get it in as long as it works. That's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just curious, like, what prompted that? I guess it's just like, you know, hey, you killed my brother with a chainsaw, I'm killing you with a chainsaw. Well, why do you all right. So think Nephew, about it this I mean. way. Nephew. Fair enough. Well, let's think about it this way, right? Like, all right. In every action movie ever, right? Does like the main character carry around fucking nine rocket launchers with them? Nah. They might hmm. take one large machine gun if they can fit it, a shotgun, but otherwise they're lining their legs. They're li- I'm getting real close to this, sorry. <laughs> they're lining their legs, they're lining all the shit. But it's always pistols and Uzis and grenades and all shit. Yeah. So it's, you know. The the uh the purpose of diversifying your weaponry, right? Yeah. So having the little one, you know, quick grab, oh, you yeah, carry it on yeah. your legs. You know? <laughs> I'm not debating that part. I'm just funny. it's just funny that he chose a chainsaw, even if it's just one chainsaw. Uh, yeah, just, no, fair enough. It's just funny that he chose that as a weapon. But yeah, you might have saw the big one. <laughs> I think it was just their way of like, you know, showcasing like the eighties as it was, the big everything being bigger. And that's something, you know, I read to, like, I wish I could have, like, been smart enough to observe this on my own. But, yeah, it's just, like, where the original was, like, a very um, grainy look, grainy, low-budget look yeah. to it, right? Almost documentary style. Mm-hmm. This is more polished. It was not oh, a I better, remember. it wasn't a better movie by any stretch, yeah. but it looked more expensive. And it looked, they had um, bigger name actors. Like, name one actor from the first one. Like, you probably know him just because you know the movie, but there was nobody that was a real star. I mean, nope. Dennis Hopper, that's a major star. I don't know if anybody else really was in this movie, but still, um, yeah, they did. They did go big, like in some ways. I think kind of represent like that the era that it was in. But um, so yeah, I mean, having like three chainsaws—that was just their way of showing that part of the movie, like going big, going big or going home. 
So, but that was, um, it was hilarious though. When he's just there, like he doesn't even say a word. He's just like picking him out. And the old guy in the shop who owns the shop, he's just looking at him very, very, you know, like apprehensively. He's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, and just like looking at chainsaws. He's starting them up and he just start. he goes outside. He just throws a stack of hundred dollar bills down in this stump, <laughs> this tree stump inside the store. Um, and goes outside and he's got, they got some like practice wood out there to kind of like, you know, chainsaw away at. And he does so, <clears throat> except he's like waving like swords. <laughs> <laughs> the old guy's like, uh, I don't know about this. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right? But he goes to 180. Suddenly he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give to him. <laughs> Which, God, no, please go. Yeah. Now, I was just going to say, I love seeing that kind of like trans, even if it's like really quick and really ridiculous, like in a person, like no matter what the situation. I don't know if you saw this clip on, on YouTube, but. There was a guy inside a 7-Eleven or something, I forget, in California somewhere, stealing cigarettes right off, right off. Um, did he get whacked half to death yes. with the fucking broomsticks? Yes. But did you hear, which was hilarious, by the way, but did you hear the guy that was like kind of narrating, the guy that was filming it? He's like, he's talking to the shop owner. He's like, listen, bro, don't mess with them. Don't do anything. Don't try and stop him. There's nothing you can do. You're just going to make it worse. He's going to get like, he's, you know, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt, even though it's clear, like he's stealing stuff. He's just acting like, you know, as an advisory to them. The shop owner just like, just let them do it. Trust me, you're better off. And out of nowhere, the shop owner's like, grab that big pole or broom and just like beat the crap. <laughs> and suddenly the next thing you know, the guy's on the floor. He's like, no, no. And they're beating him and beating him. And the guy filming, he's like, Get that motherfucker. He's like, that's right. Give it to him. It's just like two seconds ago. He was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, get him, get him. It's just like, I love that. It's just so hilarious. I do. It's not. Too, yeah. yeah. It's disingenuous, but it's hilarious. Fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. It's all part, you, listen, you got to, you got to adapt. It's pragmatism, <laughs> right? You got to fucking, you got to right, move yeah. and you got to bob and weave with the times, baby. That's right. See, you know, you were misguided at first and then suddenly it's like, <laughs> oh, that t- it takes something like that for you to see the light. It's just like, yes. I love seeing people getting fucking whooped on <laughs> when they deserve it. Right. But uh, you know what's fucked up? So let's bring this back. You know what's, what, what keeps running in my mind is two parts, right? So let's go Text Chainsaw Massacre 1 to 2, right? And yeah. So the first thing is, can we not forget, so the big black fucking truck driver, right? From uh-huh. the first one? Yeah. Save Sally. Right. And he fucking takes off. He just runs off, right? Well, he tried to hit him with a hammer, didn't he? A wrench. The truck driver? A wrench? Okay. Yeah, right? He fucking swings it. But he, he's successful. Yeah. He creates a distraction. And this fucking dude just takes off like the wind. And then Sally, all fucked up, hops in the back of the other pickup truck. And then the pickup truck takes her to fucking safety, right? Yeah. So two things. One, what the fuck happened to that truck driver? <laughs> Into the second one, right? And if he gets away, which presumably I'm just going to assume he does, because Leatherface just fucking dances in the fucking moonlight like he's a Native American chief, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Just dancing the the day away. Yeah. Doesn't chase this guy. So how the fuck is this guy not telling the authorities about this fucking murderous house? Right in the middle of Texas, unless it's like a fucking sundown town, then I get it. Sorry, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. But like, he doesn't say shit. But then 
explain to me, sticking on the dancing routine. Yeah. Like, explain to me that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even getting into that. <laughs> Why is it that the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? It, it seems like they're like two chainsaws away from being like a fucking straight to home video ABBA dance film, right? Like, Every fucking, oh, the second every one? fucking thing they do. Yeah. There's always some dance sequence throughout, right? Well, from the first to the second, but. Yeah. It's um, so fucking stupid. They did it a lot in the second one, too. It's so we fucking just... stupid. I'm just saying. Sorry. It, just well, I mean, it, it blends in with, like, the comedy they were trying. I mean, Chop Top himself was just like, you know, he's so one line, one liner. I mean, what the hell was that? He's got, like, you know, the, the coat hanger. The lighter, he's lighting that and picking pieces of skin off of a scalp where like that plate is attached, and it's just like he's eating it. <laughs> it's so fucking. I mean, there's so many things about this movie which is like so ridiculous, and it's just like, yeah, the dancing thing was weird though. The guy's crazy, right? But they're all dancing. Why the fuck is everybody? I mean, I know it's like an '80s thing, like especially like it was like sleepaway camp. Yeah, fucking Friday Thirteenth. There's always some fucking stupid teenage dancing scene, right? Like somebody's got to be dancing in their nineties, having a sleepover, having this, <laughs> and then they get fucking butchered. Right. But in this movie, like the killer's doing it. The killer's fucking. <laughs> dan- it's so stupid. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> the movie Summer School. It's a comedy. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Those two guys obsessed with yeah. the movie. Even they were like doing the, the dancing head bobbing. Multiple thing dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple dancing. Yeah. Right. Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Summer school. What was the other one? Back to school. They did the fucking journey dance fucking montage. Right. Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, wow. Rodney Dangerfield. You're welcome. <laughs> they fucking what? do the whole journey all night. All night. I'm trying to think. every night. I don't remember that. I remember like at the bar, like they had that that band. That was like a real 80s band. I forget the name, but they were like at that bar where Pauly was. Pauly from Rocky. No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know the fucking name of the band. Yeah, but um, I don't remember like the journey thing. But yeah, I'm, that doesn't you don't surprise me. The they're golfing on the fucking... Oh, Caddyshack. Was that, that Caddyshack? Yeah, oh, I yeah. Thought was, I thought that was in Back to School. No, well, Caddyshack's all about the golfing. So it no, was I like, know that part too. Yeah. So it's when Rodney Dangerfield pulls. Is that what it was? Yeah, because the one guy, the him and this other guy, like the Italian guy who was like, you know, being the, the caddy, he was like the the teenage kids and the yeah, the yeah, older no, rich yeah. guy. He's his caddy. I don't know how I Roddy fucking Dangerfield. screwed that one up. Oh, I fucking failed my eighties fucking course. No, it's okay because you brought up a great scene. Like he, <laughs> the kids bitching about like how much weight that is, and Roddy Dangerfield's like, "Huh, oh, when I was your age, I used to carry bags of ice two times that up the stairs." And the kid throws it down. He's like, "So what?" Danger feels like, so what? Let's dance. And he turns. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he turns the knob on his on his golf bag. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> the radio comes on, Jeremy. <laughs> that's my fault. I, I don't know how I confuse it too, but uh I'm also fucking 18 cheats in the wind. But hey, still, it was worth it. Yeah, it was I worth guess. it. I'd say we we resurrected the fucking spirit and soul of Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> we didn't oh. get enough Rodney. He should have been in more movies. And uh gem. Yeah, I know it, but those old comedy tapes, I'm telling you. So I forget where <laughs> where were we? Uh, um, we're fucking idiots sitting in a basement talking at <laughs> the fucking cockrophones. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something funny. I got another nug. Talking Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. A oh. very yeah. We're not talking about like debates and what's going on in the world these days. We're talking about a movie from the shit. <laughs> fucking. 
You want to talk about a real fucking... No, I'm not even going to do those jokes. I was going to make jokes about the fucking... Edit this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make jokes about Israel and Hamas. I knew you were going to say something about <laughs> like that. I don't know. Yeah, let's leave that one alone. We'll leave that for a different podcast. But even you <laughs> Not wanna, us. You want to talk about something real real quick, though? If we want to talk about fucking Rodney Dangerfield and the, and the 80s and all that stuff. So there was a there was actually real side shot, but uh, there was a comedian known as Mr. Bullhorn, Glenn Super. No right? clue. Nobody had any fucking clue who he was. I wouldn't have known who the fuck he, this guy was. You can't fucking find this guy. There's like three videos on YouTube that were uploaded by his fucking, I think it was like niece, granddaughter. I don't know what the fuck he was, but sad. But uh, I saw him in 1996 at a resort that my father used to take us to with their their little union, whatever. Every every winter, basically. Uh huh. And uh, they had they had a um, a little like entertainment area, right? And uh, they always had an old doo-wop act. I saw like the Shirelles and. Um, oh, you saw that? Yeah. Wow. And then there was always uh Always a comedian, Glenn Super, Tom Cotter, um, a lot, a lot of actually big names. Um, and the reason why I specifically remember Glenn Super was twofold. One, I got a tape signed by him in 1996. I saw the show with my father. He signs the tape. Took it on whatever. I listened to that tape like 800 times. Right, and he was a New York comedian. He was from, I think, he was from Queens. Okay. Uh, he died September 22nd of 2001. The only reason that sticks in my brain was because it's September 11th. Oh, yeah. Kind of weird, too. Definitely. But um, what ended up happening right around that show was some guy, we got fucking like snowed in, whatever the hell happened, okay. but some fucking guy got hammered upstairs. There was like an upstairs bar, safari <laughs> lounge, and then downstairs there was like the fucking stardust ballroom whatever the fuck it was and this guy and his family are drinking all day and the guy fucking flops over the railing Uh and falls like 30 fucking feet and smashes his skull and i remember i was a young i was probably nine years old whatever it was and i'm on the staircase staring at this guy on the fucking floor you saw that happen oh i saw him fall over the fucking thing smash his skull I only recently found, and I literally mean within like the last like five days, was I made aware of the fact that the guy actually died. Oh, you uh, didn't know after he smashed his head? No, because he was what? still awake and talking. Oh, so it wasn't like it was like his head was cracked open or anything. No, it was like, well, you wouldn't have seen it. I mean, I was fucking, you know, <clears throat> maybe 50, 60, 70 feet away. I, I was I was a little bit away, but I was on the staircase. It was a spiral staircase. Okay. And I was in the middle of it, and you could see into the middle of the floor where he fell. Wow. That <laughs> like, it's pretty fucked up though. Like knowing that he died now, I kind of feel bad. I'm like, it's mm, pretty fucked. That's but. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Seeing that at nine years old, that could explain a few things about you. Oh, I'm a fucked up. Uh huh. But anyway, so uh, Mr. Glenn Super though opened up for Rodney Dangerfield. That's where this all comes into. Uh, okay. I just thought it was a funny side story. But Glenn Super, one of the funniest people on the face of the planet, uh, had a lot of great. Sim- he was on the fucking uh, Johnny Carson. I think he was on. Uh, um. Lots of, lots of fucking big name uh, things. He opened up for George Carlin for a few years. He was like the opening act for them. Oh, really? He was on ESPN, I think. 
an MSG, something. He was like, he was like a Mets sportscaster or something. Oh, uh, really? But nobody knows who the fuck he is. There's only very few videos of him out there. That's too so bad. So if you're listening and you have it, put it up on YouTube and or go watch it on YouTube. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got Side something there. Man. A gem. He That's was funny, man. He was real funny. I'll have to look it up. I mean, we don't have comedians like that anymore. You know, we have comedians, nah. but it's not like, you know, they were back then. There were so many of them. And they were all good, too. I mean, some better than others, but yeah, there was like a lot of good performers out there. Yeah, gave no fucks. <laughs> Sorry, it was a long tangent. We've been going on like a fucking 20 minute tangent. About oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What were um, we talking about? Are we, ter- <laughs> are we on Terrifier? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm on so, uh, drink number 17. Yeah, I remember like there being Roddy Dangerfield and the, the Journey song. And then what was before that? We were talking about um, something was between Dennis Hopper and Weird that. dancing in oh, weird yeah, yeah, 80s yeah. films. Yeah, there's right. A lot, okay. There's a lot of dancing in 80s. 80s films for no reason. Yeah. But it's interesting, like, how things change, though, with the 80s. It's just like, you know, I was saying before about the chainsaws and 80s represent, like, you know, bigger is better and everything. And that's this movie. And I was saying this before, too, with the, um, with Drayton, Drayton Sawyer. Oh. It's funny. The cop, his little one liners here and there are just so hilarious. Like, you know, he, he was in his chili truck, you know, in the beginning of the movie and he's all proud of himself for winning that, that stupid <laughs> trophy again for the cannibal. <laughs> You know, him basically like <laughs> using humans in his chili and he's winning awards off of it, which is a little bit funny. And then like come to find out, you know, it's like suddenly his kids, not kids, his little younger brothers are in a panic because now they know that they're on tape, like killing two people. So they call him on his chili truck car phone. <laughs> so it's the second car phone in this movie, except it's in a chili truck. It's <laughs> awesome. But it's funny, though. It's just like, it's true. And there was so many hints. I think this movie was like a little bit more, you know, deeper than it reflects on the surface. Just like, you know, kind of hinting at like, you know, the, you know, the taxes. Like there's, he goes on a rant about like people, you know, the little, the little guy getting fucked in the ass by the government. And like (laughs) nobody pays taxes except for the little guy. You know, politicians don't pay taxes. I don't pay taxes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what I love, I'll go a step further with this too. And I just thought of this last night. So you've seen American Psycho, right? Yep. So you understand the, the whole premise about that is just that, you know, everybody's so self-absorbed and you've got like, you know, the Wall Street businessman is just like so disconnected from reality and just like so into himself and just so he's almost got the same mental profile as a serial killer. That's like this a little bit in this movie too with Drayton Sawyer because he's got his own little business going on and he's so obsessed with like, you know, having the best chili and everything and how he's going to like sell it. When Dennis Hopper finally comes into that, that cave that they live in, he clearly wants revenge on his nephew, which he's, he's said before in the movie. The only thing that comes to Drayton's mind is that it's a competitor of his coming to like wreck his place because he wants to get rid of the competition. It doesn't even enter his mind that it's because of all these murders he's been doing <laughs> ever since 1973. <laughs> like, that's the furthest thing from his mind. It couldn't possibly be from the people he killed. It's got to be a competitor come to, like, knock him off. Incredible. For chili. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm telling you, this thing was ahead of its time. So good. <laughs> but, um... It was great, though. I mean, the Bill Mosley character, it's just like, he's a one of a kind. He's somebody who should have had, like, more roles, I think. You know, Rob Zombie, I'll used him in pretty much every movie he made, yeah. practically. But aside from that, like this, that one, and, a, and now he's moved on to lower budget stuff, way lower direct-to-video type <laughs> stuff, which, uh, you know. Well, the same for that guy, Sid Haig. 
What, before he died? Oh, yeah? He was in a lot of shitty films. Yeah. Didn't he have... Was, whatever paid. Wasn't he like a legit actor from like the 60s? I don't know. I was once reading like a Wikipedia page on him, but I don't know. But hey, listen, I, if, it, if it pays you, it's an honest good you know day's work you know, oh sure it's what it comes down to yeah i'm just saying it's just like it's just too bad he, he wasn't used more because he seemed Correct. to have like a, a good range <laughs> well it's the same thing i mean most of the people and i will say even um the actor who had played drayton I mean, oh that guy yeah he wasn't he wasn't bad i mean he died 20 years ago but mm-hmm. he wasn't bad it, none of these people in the movie were bad actors right well mm, let me take it back None of the main characters in the film were bad actors. Right. But it was just, I think it was just ramped up to be over the top. Yeah. And fucking, you know, and just is what it is. Any of these people, like even the young lady in this film, actually, like the the lady who plays Stretch was yep. actually very, very good. And we're, she's on yep. the screen right now. Kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, excellent. And the screaming was like perfect. I mean, nobody yeah. screams better than that. You know, it's just like so good. It's almost like too over the top. It almost like overpowers her acting. <laughs> it's just like she's a good actress too. Yeah. But when she screams, it's like wow. But they all play. They all play their roles well. You know, nothing's like. It's not one of my favorite movies. I think this is actually one of my least favorite movies. Uh, oh really? Now oh. you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, no, I mean, like, the first text chain, some massacre is the cream of the crop. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you came to get dropped. So, <laughs> here we are. No, I mean, like, it's just, this movie to me is not, the the second just, it, it couldn't live up to it. But right. if it was a standalone film, it'd have more uh, credibility, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The acting was decent. You know, mo- most of the people on this were very good. The woman who plays Stretch was very, very good at what she did. Dennis yep. Hopper is great at being insane. Mm-hmm. And he made his biggest, I guess, most indelible mark on me in 1993 in Super Mario Brothers. As stupid as it sounds. Oh, really? Like, I thought you really was, did. It was so stupid. I thought you were say True Romance because that came no, out. No, it was too. so stupid. <laughs> that's why. I didn't know he was in that. He was the Super fucking. Mario. Yeah, he was the fucking bad guy. He created all the fucking <clears throat> Goombas. I think he was King Koopa. <laughs> it was so stupid. A, okay. It was so fucking stupid. It's not a reason to remember a person. It's actually a reason to forget a person. Uh, but right. that said, everybody in the film, though, very, very good. It really worked. I mean, you, you can't knock them. It was just overall it was just a shitty film. I hate to say it. It's just, or not even shitty. Let me not say shitty, but like there wasn't substance. No. It was just, it was, if you took it at face value and you just kind of enjoyed the kind of weird quirkiness of it, yeah. it was like watching one of those weird subsequent Nightmare on Elm Streets. It was really stupid and corny and cheesy and whatever. <laughs> right. But if you had a good time, it was worth watching. And if you didn't, then you wasted your fucking time. You know, like, <laughs> right. Stuff you never watched again. Yeah. Poorly written, <laughs> weird movie, but. It is just funny to think, though, like I was saying before, it's just like you had the original director. Toby Hooper's a, a competent director. And, um, you know, the, the, the first movie was a legend, but he never had like any real good movies besides that, I don't think. But yeah, to bring him back to do this, which it's just pretty much unheard of for a director that's made a movie that's that made such a mark on the horror community to come back and do a sequel directly after the first one. Like I was saying, Wes Craven 
eventually did another Nightmare on Elm Street because that got so out of control. But yeah, this was um, strange. And of course, like the only reason he did that was just because he couldn't live cocaine. up to it. Oh, that, yeah. And cocaine, yeah. <laughs> Must have been a lot of cocaine. Everybody was doing it that year. Drugs would make me do a lot of things I wouldn't normally do. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the chop top. So he was <laughs> chop top, the misunderstood Vietnam vet, right? Who saw some like he must have been some serious. Uh, he had some serious trauma going on in Vietnam. Uh, you know, he had the plate in the head. He was wearing like a Sonny Bono uh, wig, which is leatherface eating people in Vietnam. It probably was at some point. Yeah, leatherface inadvertently. Saws his wig off, exposing the uh, yeah. silver plate. And what's that line when the LG comes into the <laughs> into the studio with Season down there? LG is like, "Who are you, little bug-eyed piece of shit? What are you doing down there? Like taking my records?" And he's like, "Lick my plate, you doggy dick, <laughs> dog shit, yeah, dog dick. I'll lick my dog. Oh, fuck, I don't even my know. My plate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else. I had some stuff written down here. <laughs> I want to make sure I hit everything because, you know, if I don't, those 14 people who will ever click on this podcast will be very disappointed. (laughs) You know, I got to know that I've done everything I can to uh, satisfy them. (laughs) We have more fun than they'll ever understand. That's all you got to (laughs) know. Fuck them. Yeah, there's just like little details, you know, just like those those guys license plate that said the F A H and the Q. <laughs> Fuck you. I wonder if you could apply like for a license plate, like, like like vanity plate. I'm sure they'd catch that. They wouldn't let you take that. <laughs> that one I can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you know, I think we hit everything that we uh set out to hit on this one. Oh, you know the psycho theme. That was pretty weird, like, because that, like, I, you probably don't remember it, but you heard it, like, in that one documentary we were just playing there in the background. But just, like, that theme, I'm like, where have I heard that before? Is either Friday the 13th or Psycho or something? And sure enough, like, the guy is, like, it's from Psycho, but I don't know how they get away with that. It's probably, like, a homage type of explanation. Or so, public domain. Oh, uh, maybe. That's right. Some of those older movies, like Night of the Living Dead, like, that was public domain. Yeah, so be surprised yeah everything gets sold for a price right <laughs> right if you could let it go or the patents didn't last that long yeah i mean fucking nosferatu right 1922 uh-huh that's all fucking free wheeled and you can find it on the internet right now yeah you can't block it so yeah it that's true shit just because you got rights to something you know for at one time doesn't mean it's always going to be like that <sighs> fucking Beatles. what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, Drayton Sawyer. There he is on the screen right now. Those buck teeth and that smile of his. It's just like anybody who can pull off a performance where you're just like, you're laughing one minute and you're enraged the next minute. It's just like, (laughs) I don't want to know somebody like that. I'd rather be around somebody who's like pissed off all the time than somebody who's capable of like mood swings like that. That's scary. Don't tell that to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) What I will say is, no, listen, I mean, honestly, it comes down to the fact of like, they, that guy who plays Drayton is fucking top notch. I mean, like the, and the first thing, if, if he had never acted again yeah. after that first Sex Chainsaw Massacre, you can give him a lot of credit. He played a good, crazy hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of redundant, just a hillbilly, you know? Right. Um, Bill Mosley fucking definitely broke deep into the fucking genre. Did a great job. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And he really He's, dedicated to it. I mean, and he wanted to do it. I guess I guess he was a big fan of the the first film because he dedicated himself pretty hard to it, you know? Yeah. 
hey, but, I would have uh, done it. Even if I hated the first shit. movie, I would still like want to do it. <laughs> as long as they pay you, who gives you shit? Oh, yeah, you're up on screen. Hey, get your face out there. Why not? It's pretty good, man. <laughs> but, uh, All right. Well, bigger... You know, bigger, more excess, louder, and that's, like, they checked all those boxes. Unfortunately, you know, for those fans of the first one, it did not compare whatsoever. If you saw this movie first and then just took it for what it was and then, which I think is what happened to me, actually. I don't even think I saw the first. Wait a minute. Nah, maybe I did. Whatever. I was able to disconnect from the first one and appreciate it. (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Any last thoughts on that? Are we good? Cocaine. <laughs> Cocaine. Do coke. <laughs> It'd make That's... the movie much more enjoyable, apparently. <laughs> no, just do coke. That's the new motto of the show, in make, general. Do coke, make <laughs> movies. That's That was their motto before they made this movie. <laughs> Entertaining, but definitely high as shit. And that's going to be our rally cry for the 20s. <laughs> our cry for the 20s. Don't sue Ben. <laughs> please. Yeah, it's a lot in this one there that could be... <laughs> Don't one... do drugs. No. Okay. All right, everyone. This may be the last time you hear it from Chris for a while. So, <laughs> thanks for listening. See you next Wednesday. Yo, Adrian. <laughs>